Hello and welcome to the Behind East Gippsland podcast, brought to you by East Gippsland Newspapers. I'm Byron Smith. Today I'll be talking to Lakes Entrance Volunteer Coast Guard Rescue Skipper, Mick Smallwood. Mick, who works full-time as the print manager here at James Yates in Bairnsdale, has been with the Lakes Coast Guard for more than 20 years. During that time, he's held various roles, including a stint as commander. With lots of boating and rescue experience, Mick is sure to have some great stories and tips for staying safe on the water, and I'm really pleased to catch up with him today. Welcome, Mick Smallwood. Thanks for being here. No worries. How are you going? Yeah, good. Let's start off with a bit of background on you. Uh, when did you first move to Gippsland? I moved to Gippsland in 2002. Okay, so what, about 21 years ago? Yep. When after that did you get involved with the Coast Guard? I actually did my first training session with what was then Lakes Entrance Ocean Rescue about two months before I moved here. Okay, and where was that? Did you do that? Oh, in Lakes Entrance. We yes. used to come down for holidays all the time. My wife's family's been here for a long time. So when you moved here, you decided you'd volunteer for the Coast Guard, and how did your role evolve from that point? Well, yeah, I, I got involved. My brother-in-law was a member there, and not knowing anyone when I moved, I thought it was a good way to meet some people in town in Lakes Entrance and get to know some people because basically, yeah, only knew two people when we moved here. So, so you work here at uh, James Yates, the producer of this podcast. How long have you been with, with James Yates and what's your role here? Oh, I started with James Yates in 2002, so coming up to 21 years. And I work out in the, the print factory, so I print the newspapers, print commercial work, do all the quoting yeah, and look after the boys on the commercial print area. How did you first become involved in uh, or interested in uh, the ocean and boating? Oh, I'm interested in the ocean. I've, I've surfed a lot as a teenager. Living in Melbourne, we used to go to Phillip Island all the time and, yeah, surfed a lot. I grew up on the north shore of Sydney, uh, moved down to Melbourne early teens and, yeah, and just continued surfing. So that got my interest in the ocean, yeah, for sure. Like I said, I got involved with... Uh, well, what was then Ocean Rescue and moved into Coast Guard um, just to basically meet people and have just stuck with it ever since, have a great time. And uh, you went on to become a commander for 10 years, is that right? Yeah, I, um, I've sort of moved through the ranks, you could say. Not commander anymore, thank goodness. So I've, yeah, in the 20, well, 21 years I've been down there, been involved, yeah, worked my way up through, through active crew, competent crew uh, to become a, a rescue boat skipper. Um, that's my position there now, but yeah, I've held various roles on the committee and things like that over the years, and yeah, was commander for, for 10 years. The training that you've done to get to that point of being a commander and, uh, and a rescue skipper, is that, is that all run by the Coast Guard? or No, a, a lot of it is now. There's internal training and we use external training as well. So I've done, um, I've done my coxswains, which I did at TAFE Gippsland back in 2003, 2004. We did that, and that, that's now a prerequisite to become a rescue skipper. You, you've got to have a coxswain certificate, but you, you can do that internal through Coast Guard training or external through through the TAFE system. The bar at Lakes Entrance is considered one of the most dangerous anywhere, really, isn't it? Yeah, it, it's improved a lot, but it definitely has its moments, and historically it's been very dangerous. Yeah. yeah. What are some of the memorable things you've seen happen there over the years? There's been lots, and... and with the rescues and stuff that the fishing fleet before before we had the suction hopper dredge in there that takes the sand away there used to be the april hammer side cast so it only cut a channel a certain 
amount wide because it could only throw the sand either side. So it used to be a lot more treacherous. It wasn't as deep as it is now. So yeah, boats going up onto the sandbar, on the, the sandbars either side when they're coming in and out and recreational guys going out probably when they shouldn't. A few capsizes and things like that, so. So boats flipping over? Yeah, yeah, more the, more the wreck boys. Um, and it's normally the guys that come from out of town who, oh, they come down to go fishing and you know, what price do you put on a fish? But they probably go sometimes when they shouldn't um, and they can get caught out. Yeah, so the things to look for there are the, the contrast between the incoming outcoming tide and the winds and that kind of thing? Well, yeah, the, the big thing is you, you've got to check your weather before you go, uh, have a look at the conditions before you cross and it generally is worse on an outgoing tide, especially if there's a bit of, a bit of sea pushing in. But the biggest tip I'd give people there is check your weather, make sure, and if you're, if you're in doubt, don't go out. Can you tell me about any other um, notable rescues that you've been involved with out to the ocean? or in the- Do everything from, you know, your, your normal... So you'd call them run-of-the-mill flat batteries and people out of fuel and stuff like that. All the way, um, searches where people have gone missing, missing persons, people falling out of boats, gone missing off the surf beaches, off 90 Mile Beach, um, searches up and down. We did, during the bushfires, we went down and helped water police evacuate people from Tamboon Inlet off the beaches down there and bring them back to lakes. So, yeah, lots and lots of different things. Like I said, some trawlers helping those guys out historically. Um, yeah, boats capsized, pulling people out of the water on the bar. Yeah, so yeah. yeah, a yeah. Wide, wide range of things. Do you have much to do with the other emergency services and or the Coast Guards, like from Painesville and so on? Yeah, we work We work with the local CFA. We basically supply a naval water um, capability for them. So if they need to go over, if there's a fire call out, um, we'll take them to where they need to go and bring them back again. Um, we don't fight fires, that's their job, but we, we take them over to where they need to be. The guys at Painesville, guys at Marlow, there's a Coast Guard flotilla at Marlow as well, Malakuta. Um, we get on really well with the guys in Gippsland. We don't have much to do with the, the flotillas around the bay in Melbourne, but the guys in Gippsland work together pretty well. Boat wraps can get pretty busy during the, uh, during the holiday period. And uh, I remember a fisherman telling me if you wanted a day's entertainment, set up an esky and, uh, and, a, and a camp chair and, and uh, spend the afternoon by the boat ramp. What are some of the strange things you've seen there? Uh, <laughs> we, we don't spend a lot of time at the boat ramp. It's mainly when we, just, when we tow people back who've got into trouble or had flat batteries, like I said before, and, and get them to their trailer. But yeah, we, we have seen the odd, you know, the, the poor lady, she's the husband's back the boat off the trailer and he's taking the car out and she's holding a rope and it keeps drifting and drifting and she ends up in the drink hanging onto the rope with the boat and just pulled her off the jetty. So yeah, there's, there's a few <laughs> things like you say, you get the old story if you want a good day. Yeah, take your deck chair and sit down and just have a look at the ramps. Uh, I suppose you'd be recommending patience there because during the holiday period there's a bit of a line, isn't there? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, it gets very busy and it's only getting busier in Lakes Entrance and probably everywhere else in Gippsland as well. So yeah, um, yeah be patient. There's no, no point getting in an argument over a, over a boat ramp, so yeah, just take your time. You mentioned that fuel and batteries, are they the most common things that you get called out for or engine failures? Yeah, yeah they, they'd be the most common. People, battery goes flat, they're running, running gear all day and they go to start up at the end of the day to come home, they've got a flat battery, they're running out of fuel, just not filling up before they go. They're just simple things really. People running aground, 
generally in the cruises over Christmas time or in, in their yachts and things and they hit the shallow water Mr. channel markers so right go that, out and get them off and yeah if, if they can't get started again we'll bring them back does that happen more so in the lakes than out in the ocean or both uh, both running aground is definitely only in the lakes but um, out in the ocean yeah some guys can be out fishing and yeah just underestimate their fuel some of yeah. them go quite away you know to catch a snapper down down west and stuff so so just make sure you've got plenty of fuel in your boat. Oh, yeah, exactly right. <laughs> you get to be out in nature a lot. Uh, what are some of the things that nature, um, in nature have caught your eye over the years? Sharks or whales or anything like that? Um, no sharks, thankfully, because we do do a bit of swimming um, during training and stuff. So no sharks. I've seen whales on occasion offshore. Plenty of plenty of dolphins and seals in around the entrance and the Gippsland Lakes. There's plenty of that going on. Apart from that, yeah. No, no sharks. I don't don't really want to if I'm in the water. Do any of you guys ever get tempted to drop in a line while you're out there? No, that'd be frowned upon. Um, it definitely would be frowned upon. We do carry a hand line on the boat with a couple of soft plastics, but that's just purely for survival at sea, that's all. How have the Coast Guard rescue boats changed over the years, like in the last 21 years that you've been involved there? Um, and what does the what does the Lakes Entrance Coast Guard use now? Oh, it's just horses for courses. They've just changed right way back in the early days. You know, all well, it still happens that we raising funds for new boats. It might be changing a little bit now with a bit of government support. But I mean, at the moment we've got a Noosa Cat thirty one hundred. Um, it's got two three hundred horsepower Suzuki outboards on the back, so it gets along. It's um, good ocean going boat for us. We've also got a five point four meter rigid hull inflatable. Um, really good boat for in the surf and around the lakes and things and um, got a couple of jet skis as well. Do you ever get involved with the life-saving club? Do they ever call you up to help with anything? Or? No, we, we have worked with them on jobs and searches in the past and um, and that works quite well too but um, over summertime, I mean, it's their job to patrol the beaches which is a job they do really well and it's our job to do the entrance and offshore and in the lakes for, yeah, MSAR, yeah, mm. more marine search and rescue we are. This is a question from Narissa, who works in the office here. Have you ever been in the helicopter? Um, I haven't been in the helicopter, but I've hung underneath the helicopter. You've hung underneath it? Yeah, yeah. We used to do, and we haven't done this for a while, we used to train with Helimed out of Taralgan every year. We'd do a training exercise, so a full day. So their, um, their paramedics could keep up their accreditation. So they do in-water winching, and we used to volunteer to be hooked up and... Yeah, hooked up to, carried up under the chopper and put back down into the ocean again just to help guys out. So that's that's been a really good experience for sure. How is the Coast Guard funded? Um, now, thankfully, we weren't, we were self-funded basically for a long, long time. Um, you know, chook raffles, raffles at the pub. We've got some really good support and had really good support from the community of Lakes Entrance for a lot, a lot of years, and we still get that support, but we actually do get a bit of funding now out of the Marine Search and Rescue Office out of Emergency Management Victoria. Um, there's actually nothing in the, the state budget for MSAR or MSAR volunteers at the moment. Hopefully that will improve going forward, but yeah, we do get some support from the government to cover running costs and fuel and training costs at the moment. Right, and the rest of the money just comes from donations from the community and oh, absolutely. fundraising yeah. efforts? Yeah, fundraising, we do a bit of a plug for everybody. We do a raffle out at the Waterwheel Tavern every second Friday. Um, the guys out there have been massive supporters of us for quite a few years now, so if you get a chance, get down to the tavern on a Friday and um, support support the local guys and, and buy some raffle tickets. Is everyone who works at the Coast Guard a volunteer? Yeah, 100%. No pay people in in the Coast Guard organisation. No. Yeah, yeah. 
apart from the raffles, if people want to uh, make a donation, can they do so via the webs website and that kind of? I think so. Probably the best way is to get down to your local flotilla, like you said in Painesville, or come yeah. down and see the guys in Lakes Entrance and and donate direct to your local flotilla, just to make sure that they get the benefit from from your kindness. Do you have a sufficient number of volunteers at the moment, and what's involved in in getting into the Coast Guard? We could always use more. We've picked up a few a few lately, which has been really good. That are starting their training and moving through to competent crew and things like that. But I think, like all volunteer agencies at the moment, um, we're suffering being suffering a loss of volunteers. I think it's happening right across the whole emergency management sector. So, mm. um, you know, if anyone wants to give us a hand, come down and say good day. We're there Wednesday Wednesday evenings from about four thirty till about six, and every Saturday morning from from 7.30 in the morning till about midday. So come down, have a chat, see what we do. And if you're interested, yeah. And um, so you have, we mentioned earlier that you work here at uh, James Yates and you have a full-time job here. How much time do you devote as a Coast Guard volunteer during a typical week? Not as much as I used to, now that I'm not commander anymore. We've got, I, I put in, so Wednesday's probably about an hour on a Wednesday night. That's just checking boat checks and making sure everything's good and everything's ready to go having a chat with the boys all that sort of thing saturday mornings for our main trainings four four and a half hours on a saturday so if you go wednesday and saturday you're looking at about five hours a week but the guys who are in the management positions will say at the moment so mike gilbert our commander i reckon he's probably putting in 25 hours a week minimum at the moment and we've got other guys Gary and Steve and a few of the boys who are up in that management area at the moment, they put in heaps of work. Mm. Heaps. It's, there's so much more pressure getting put on volunteers in the admin side of things that, um, you know, sometimes I fear that we might lose some guys because it's just so much pressure from mm. up above, yeah. Yeah, with no financial remuneration. No, that's exactly right. Yeah, it's all it's all for nothing, yeah. Do you see a time in the future when um, there, there might be a case for, for organising some financial remuneration, like from the government to help fund those types no, of roles? What, what, what we'd like to see is someone from, from the MSAR office, so in Emergency Management Victoria to actually have people paid or employed, sort of like CFA and that do, to run the admin side of things so we don't even have to worry about it. So, you know, all this, just all that sort of thing gets taken care of somewhere else and we just get down to the business of training and being being ready for marine search and rescue. Mm, that makes complete sense. So if you're doing that four or five hours on a Saturday, uh, I imagine that sometimes you'll get called out uh, on during that time to to do a rescue. Or? Uh, yeah, every now and again, most of our most of our call outs at Lakes come between the Melbourne Cup weekend and Easter. Pretty much, that's that's our busy time over winter, which is sort of now. So for the next five or six months, we might only get two or three, four call outs for the whole time. But then over that busy period, yeah, we can go a couple of times a week. In saying that, we went out twice last week. So yeah, and that we that gets done through a um like a mobile app so all their members are on the app and the message goes out and whoever can turn up does turn up right okay so you're kind of on call yeah yeah pretty much all right. the time yeah yeah okay and what were the call outs for last week just weather things or one was a report of a fire so we took the cfa out on monday night that was mm -hmm. out off king's cove up near meetone and the other one was friday evening and a yacht run aground in the middle of the lake yeah just missed the channel marker by a good 50 or 60 meters well, why would you go around a channel marker 
that's funny. I guess there's some people who don't quite understand how to use the markers yet. Yeah, no, there's, there's probably a few. <laughs> mm -hmm. Why do you volunteer for the Coast Guard and why have you for the last 20 odd years? Oh, like I said, I started I started to um, get to know some people in Lakes and, and you know, try and meet some people through. I figured it was the best way for me to do that. But now there's a great bunch of people down there, guys and girls get along really well with everyone probably everyone I know or just about everyone I know now I've met through through that organization and being involved down there and I just enjoy it if, if it wasn't fun and that's the problem with these guys who are doing so much work now if you take the fun out of it you're going to lose the volunteers so yeah. there's got to be some some reward so they you mm. know we just we can't afford to lose anymore yeah yeah and I guess the other aspect of doing this job is that you're supporting the community and you're actually helping to save people's lives as well. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, it is. It's it's not about going to do the rescues and all that sort of thing. It is it is more community-focused. And like I said, I just, I just love being involved with the people who are down there as well. It's just I have good fun now, yeah. What's um, your advice to boaters on the Gippsland Lakes and when they go out into the ocean? You mentioned the weather earlier. Um, I know there's things like to let someone know before you go and also the equipment check. Yeah, that's all. Yeah, just make sure you've got all your safety equipment that you, you have to have. The water police are out there. They will check you. If you don't have it, you will get fined. But yeah, check your weather, check your fuel, make sure everything's right. And like I said, if, if in doubt, don't go out. Just stay home. It's not going offshore for a fish isn't worth the risk if the weather's dodgy or it's going to change. If you do get in trouble, call triple zero, ask for the water police or police, they'll put you through to the RCC, which is Rescue Coordination Centre, and they'll send someone to give you a hand. Yeah, that's an interesting thing. Uh, we were talking uh, off air earlier about calling triple O, and that was something that I didn't know about. I thought I would radio the Coast Guard if I was in trouble. So. Yeah, there is um, Marine Radio Victoria do model monitor, sorry, VHF channel 16 for emergency calling. If you have got mobile phone signal, which you probably will have because it's pretty good right along the coast and in the lakes especially, yeah, just call triple zero and they'll send someone to give you a hand. What else should a boater do if they get into trouble, apart from obviously calling for help? What, what are some of the psychological things? Oh, depending, depending what your problem is, um, stay with your vessel for starters. Um, even if it's, if it's sinking or whatever, stay close by. It's easier to see a boat even if it's a little bit submerged or it's easier to see that in the water than it is to see a person bobbing around just with their head. And if you've got other people with you, make sure you all stay together. If you're in really big trouble, remember your EPIRB. Keep that with you. Set that off and... Um, That'll get picked up by the guys in Canberra, and once again, they'll send out the appropriate people to come and get you. Yeah, and whack your life jacket on as well. Yeah, exactly. How long do you see yourself continuing with the Coast Guard down there in Lakes? Oh, I have no plans to stop at the moment, so, you know, I don't know, hopefully I've got another 20 years in me, we'll see what happens. Oh, good on you. Well, on behalf of the Lakes entrance and, and Gippsland Lakes community, um, and myself being a boater, Thank you for all your service over the years and for all the team there that does the great work. Yeah, no worries, thank you. And uh, thanks so much for your time today. No worries, have a good one. Thanks, Mick. You've been listening to the Behind East Gippsland podcast. Brought to you by East Gippsland Newspapers. This podcast is produced on the traditional land of the Gunakurnai and Bunurong people and we pay respect to their elders, past, present and emerging. I'm Byron Smith. Thanks for listening.